In our culture, we have some profound misunderstandings about the intersection between faith and science. In this episode, I'd like to try to set the record straight. Hello, friends. It's good to be with you. As always, thank you for taking a little time to be with me. Um, I preached this past weekend about a gentleman named Thomas Aquinas, uh, after whom our local uh, University of St. Thomas is named, which sort of inevitably uh, led me down a path of the connection between faith and reason or faith and science which is a topic that has come up before in these episodes, but uh, the fact that I touched on it this past Sunday got me thinking about it again, and I want to come back to it in this episode. And broadly speaking, I think our cultural assumption is that the sort of broad sweep of advances in science have come at the expense of, of our faith. In other words, uh, we believe, well, people who lived a long time ago weren't as smart as us, uh, they were more backwards in their thinking, and, and slowly over time, science has pushed against that backwardness and allowed us to be more open-minded about the world around us. I'm going to say this a few times. Do your own research about this, okay? I'm not saying you have to take my word for it, but I want to suggest in this episode in a very real way that that broad narrative is actually almost the opposite of the truth of the history of faith and science. And I want to lift up um, a few quotes and a, a few people who are important in this uh long story, including Aquinas. You may remember uh, if you heard the sermon, I quoted as a way to introduce Aquinas a very simple statement, which is how one book on him opens. It says, there are about half a dozen outstanding Christian thinkers in Western civilization. Thomas Aquinas is one of them. So that talks about 2,000 years of Christian or Western history. And this author, at least, would submit there are about six uh, Christian thinkers who are outstanding, uh, and that's about one every 333 years or so, by the way. Uh, one of the other ones, without doubt, is a gentleman named Augustine, who lived about a thousand years before Aquinas. So as a starting point, I want to lift up two simple quotes from those two giants uh, of our tradition, Augustine and Aquinas about faith and science, what, what today we would call science, or the study of the natural world. Augustine, and again, remember he lives uh, from 354 to 430. Here's one of the things he says about the intersection of faith and science. He's speaking to Christian, Christian believers. It is, he says, a disgraceful and dangerous thing for someone to hear a Christian presumably giving the meaning of Holy Scripture talking nonsense about the natural world. And we should take all means to prevent such an embarrassing situation in which people show up vast ignorance in a Christian and laugh it to scorn. His point is, why would people believe us when we talk about the scriptures if we say things that are ridiculous about the natural world around us? We have to be able to be intelligent about both. Suggesting what? There is no conflict between them, but that we as Christians should take the best knowledge about the world around us and, and apply it. That's Augustine, again, uh, living in the 4th and 5th centuries. Now, fast forward to Aquinas. 
Uh, again, St. Thomas Aquinas lived in the 13th century, so from 1225 to 1274. He says something very similar, and again, his whole life in a way was, was uh, uh, focused on synthesizing faith and reason during a century when they were beginning uh, to be split apart a little bit, and that's a longer conversation for another day, but here's what he says, one simple quote. The truth of our faith becomes a matter of ridicule among the infidels if any Christian not gifted with the necessary scientific learning presents as dogma what scientific scrutiny shows to be false. Again, saying incredibly clearly, hey, Christian brothers and sisters, don't say things that are nonsensical that have been proven about the natural world because it makes us look ridiculous. Again, reaffirming, there, Thomas, one of the ways he would say it is there is always only one truth. And whether we point to that truth through the Bible or through the sciences, it's always going to point to the same truth. And if, if one of them points in a way that doesn't seem to be leading to it, it just means that we are uh, not seeing that truth as clearly as we should. And we need to second guess uh, our own approach to it. Okay, so two towering, hugely important Christian thinkers, right, who, again, reinforce in no uncertain terms uh, the connection, the coherence, the synthesis of faith and reason or faith and science. Now, you may say, well, Tim, if that's true, if that, if that uh, kind of instinct goes all the way back to Augustine and through Aquinas and through countless other Christian thinkers, and I could lift up scores of them here, what happened? I am not someone who is a conspiracy theorist, and so again, I would encourage you, look this up yourself. But the supposed break between faith and science really is, honestly, it's a very modern um, phenomenon, and again, it could be expanded beyond this, but you can point to two or three people in the 19th century who encouraged uh, thinking about a supposed conflict. And I'm going to give you their names right now. You can look them up yourself. Um, two of them are later in the 19th century. One is a gentleman named John William Draper, who wrote a book called The History of the Conflict Between Religion and Science. It was published in 1874. The History of the Conflict Between Religion and Science. Another was a gentleman named Andrew Dixon White, a History of the Warfare of Science with Theology in Christendom. That was published in 1896. Now, if you put people on a stand in a court trial, one of the things you would figure out is what is motivating these people, right? Why are they saying what they're saying? Do they have some vested interest? It turns out that um, they did. They had their own... Um, uh, reasons for promoting this warfare conflict, and I'll say a gentleman who's a historian of science says this, uh, no serious historians of science or of the science religion issue today maintain the warfare thesis. Uh, the origins of this thesis lie in the late 19th century, specifically in the work of those two men I just mentioned. Uh, and these men, he goes on to say, had specific political purposes in mind when arguing their case and the historical foundations of their work are unreliable, okay? Um, and by the way, the fact that they suggested this thesis in part 
um, those of us on the Protestant side of the fence have to bear some of the blame for this to beat up on our Catholic brothers and sisters, was picked up then by atheists and agnostics who also wanted to make Christians look foolish. All right. Um, I was going to say more about a specific topic, but I think we'll leave that for another time. What I do want to suggest, though, today is that, again, do your own research on this. As Christians, it's incumbent on us that we know our story well enough not only to believe it for ourselves, but to be able to articulate and defend it. And one of the real problems in our culture today is that Christians are always defensive. We're always on our heels on this subject because we don't know our history well enough. Uh, and we've bought some of these myths um, that exist. So I want, in order to help you do some of that research, I want to recommend um, an article uh, called simply Science Versus Christianity. It's not particularly long by a gentleman named Dr. James Hannam. H-A-N-N-A-M, um, we'll link to that article. But Hannum is a past faith and life speaker who among his works is a book called The Genesis of Science, How the Christian Middle Ages Launched the Scientific Revolution. And again, this is one of many books by historians of science today that reinforce the point that far from there being a break or a conflict between faith and reason, there is, in fact, again, a synthesis. And the fact that we live in a culture that values the scientific method, I would argue, is not in spite of our Christian faith, but in fact is informed by our Christian faith. So, again, I encourage you to, to look more into that yourself. If you have questions about it um, or want to push back on any of this, great. Include your comments below. Send me an email. I have no doubt that we'll pick this topic up again in the future. In the meantime, as always, Thanks for being with me. Be well, stay in touch, and God bless. Mm -hmm.